This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the travel industry has certainly been hit hard by the coronavirus, whether it be hotels, resorts, airlines, and more. They have all been through what has been viewed as a sharp decline in business. But how has that impacted the online booking industry, which is obviously connected very much to all of those entities? Glenn Fogel is the CEO and president of Booking Holdings, which is the parent company of Booking.com, Kayak, Priceline, Open Table, and more. And he joins us right now. Glenn, thanks very much for your time today. Well, thank you for having me. So give us a sense of, of what these last uh, few months have been like. And, and obviously you're heading into the summer months where a lot of people uh, would be thinking about uh, making a, a reservation. Uh, what are your expectations moving forward for the next few months as well? Well, certainly the past has been a, a difficult period for everybody, but particularly difficult for the travel industry. And I think we all know that. It's all been very, very hard, of course, on the people who work in the travel industry. You know, jobs lost. It's a huge, huge number. If you look at any of the uh, data regarding layoffs, the travel industry has been hurt the most. And we certainly got hurt probably the, the earliest and we'll be the last people out, I imagine. And the months coming up, um, you know, they're nowhere near what they were, of course, last year. There are signs that are green shoots in some areas, but in many parts of the world, it's still very, very difficult for the travel industry. So with the with the range of, of different sites that you have, have there been times during this period where, where some of those sites have actually kind of held their own? Well, yeah, and it's because of the variability of where the virus is really prevalent and where it's uh, increasing and where it's gone away. So, for example, when you look out, let's go with uh, some of the areas where things are looking pretty good. You go to Thailand, our Agoda company is headquartered in Singapore and has a huge operation in Bangkok. Thailand right now uh, hasn't had any uh, community spread of the virus in four weeks. We have 85% of our employees are in the uh, office there. So that's yeah. a great thing. But then you come to some places like South America right now, it's, it's terrible. And certainly everything in between, when we look at the states right now, we see that certain areas like New Jersey, New York, they've been so terribly hit, are coming back. But you look now south, you go Florida, Arizona, California, not so good. So when you look at this then realistically quarter by quarter, this summer period that we're in right now and obviously trying to come back, how important a quarter is that for the overall operation for bookings? Well, I think everybody in the industry has written off to the, you know 2020. I mean, nobody's expecting anything good to come out of 2020. And we've talked publicly how much it's going to be years, not quarters, before we have a real recovery. And I think right. it's, you know, you have everything from the people at Airbus who make the plane saying 2025. I just read a thing by the CEO of KLM says 2023. I mean, everybody gets the choice to throw a dart and figure what year it's going to be. But it's not going to be quarters, and nobody's expecting that. You know, one of the interesting things I've seen recently as well, Glenn, is the fact that, uh, you know, thinking about summer vacations and, and such, I'm I'm seeing occasionally uh, places put up disclaimers so that if there ends up being a significant impact from the virus moving forward, that people have the opportunity to opt out of, of that vacation destination, which is, you know, it's certainly a unique component for uh, for what this industry is having to deal with right now. Well, you know, it's interesting, though, Booking.com, our biggest company by far, we've had uh, free cancellation forever. I mean, most of most of the accommodations, you want to get either a hotel or a home, uh, you know, place on the beach, whatever it is. We've yeah. had uh, free cancellation uh, forever. So 
So I don't find that as unique or new to us. Maybe yeah. some other people are starting to do that. And we have seen a, a giant chip, though, because we also offer, if you don't want to have that free flexibility, you can certainly get a better price because you've locked yourself in. But what we've seen is people shifting. Many, many more people now want that. It may cost a little bit more, but they prefer to have that flexibility in case the virus does come back that they can then get out of it. So do you expect that we're going to see a a, a, a market rise in, in the travel business over the course of, of the next several months, as, lo- as long as we don't have a, you know, a major outbreak of the virus again? Well, what we're seeing is that people desperately want to get out of wherever they are. They've been locked up and they want to travel. We're seeing it a lot. And we see it primarily in terms of local travel. People are hyper-local. So say, for example, somebody's been cooped up in an apartment in Manhattan for a few months. They want to get out. But what they're, they're not going to do is get on a long-haul plane uh, to Asia. What they're doing instead is taking a drive trip up uh, to the Catskills or the Adirondacks, or, or maybe they go down to the Jersey Shore and get a place on the beach there. That's what people are doing throughout. It's local, local, local. Domestic travel is what's growing. And we're seeing nice growth in that area uh, from you know places where things have opened up. But unfortunately, the international travel, that's going to be a problem for a real long time. Uh, obviously, with Open Table, you do a, a good amount of business with the restaurant industry, and there's an, uh, a sector that has uh, had a significant impact. How much uh, can you and, and are you working with that industry to try and, uh, and to, uh, to give them some help in this period of time? Yeah, no, it is absolutely tragic. So many people, uh, you know, that's their livelihood. They they built these restaurants and they're you know hoping to have a success, and then all of a sudden the virus comes in and they have to shut down and. A lot of them don't have the cash flow to weather the storm, so to speak. We've made some changes in the way we charge restaurants just to help them out. We have a thing called our open table pricing. Where basically, we said, hey, we're not going to charge you a subscription fee at all right now. And until the end of September, we won't charge you at all for the cover fee. And going from end of September to the end of the year, we'll only charge you 50%, doing what we can to help them uh, stabilize and help them recover. But the fact is, nobody's going to be able to recover until we either have a you know, vaccine or some type of treatment that everybody feels confident will help you get better fast. Because the fact is, nobody wants to get this disease, and people are more than happy to you know, not go to a restaurant if uh, they think that will keep them safe. So we need, we need a vaccine desperately. We're talking with uh, Glenn Fogel, CEO and president of Booking Holdings. Uh, you know, it's unique, obviously, all of the different pieces that you have under your umbrella. Uh, when you when you look at the fact that you're talking about travel and, and components of travel in, in different ways, and, and when you think about it, in many cases, it really fits a lot of probably the people that you're trying to reach in terms of not only providing like uh, hotel space uh, for them, but also thinking about the rental car and and food options as well. Yeah, no, it's throughout the, and we, you know, we do everything, anything you're going to travel, we're part of that part of the industry. And we see the the problems for everybody. You're seeing, you know, some of the largest rental car companies have gone bankrupt. Um, Certainly you've seen airlines going bankrupt, and we know so many restaurants that will never come back. This is an area where we really need the governments to, you know, step up and continue to support. Uh, If if they don't, we're going to be in terrible, terrible shape. And the fact is the travel tourism industry is one of the largest in the world. You know, it's probably about maybe a third of a billion jobs around the world are travel and tourism. That's yeah. huge. And so many of these jobs are entry-level jobs. 
They're jobs where people are just getting on that first rung of the economic ladder. So if we don't have that kind of a robust industry, we're going to have even bigger problems for our society. So I'm, I'm always urging, urging all the governments around the world to step up, put money to work for the travel and tourism industry, help make sure that it will continue going forward. So since you mentioned around the world, there's also the the potential uh, of a block uh, by the EU countries for American travelers, at least for the short term. What kind of impact would, would something like that have? Well, it's not a short term. It's in, a, it's in fact is the now the rule they just put it okay. out. And um, Americans are um, prohibited from going to Europe right now, except for certain exceptions. And so it's a broad it's a broad list of exceptions, by the way. But they do not want people going just for tourism. And and, and I understand it completely because if a country is not keeping the virus in check, the last thing you want to do is have people come visit your country and bring the virus with them. It's, it's obviously makes perfect sense. It's so disappointing to see that, you know, we are ranked uh, as unable to, you know, get our numbers in order that we can go to Europe, yet countries like Rwanda or Uruguay, other countries, they're okay because they got their numbers in check. So it's really kind of a shame that we can't do it, and obviously it is going to hurt travel and tourism. But I think the bigger problem is when you have bad numbers that say you can't go to Europe, well, those bad numbers actually mean a lot of people are getting sick. And that's the thing I worry about the most, really. Let's think safety first and worry about making money on tourism later. So so last que- last question for you, Glenn, then. Taking the pandemic out, out of play here for a moment, and I know that's hard with everything that's been going on, but pre-pandemic, how did you view the state of the of the tourism industry and the travel industry right then? Yeah, you know, before the virus, I was so so happy how things were going. 2020 and, and going forward was going to be so great for everybody in the industry. And we were particularly pleased with how we were doing. You know, we're the biggest player in, in, in the entire industry by far. You know, we had a market cap that was, you know, hovering between 80 to 100 billion, depending on, you know, what month you were looking at it. Yeah. And unfortunately, now what, what has happened is the entire industry has just been devastated now, we being the size that we are with the you know assets that we have and the balance sheet we have, the cash that we have, we're going to be fine, and we'll, we'll do fine. But I, I feel bad. I truly do feel bad for so many people and so many companies in this industry that are going to have a horrible time trying to get out of this. And unfortunately, I think there are going to be a lot of companies that are never going to uh, reopen. So then off of that, again, last question, but has it changed your thought process about the operations of booking when you think about longer term, thinking about flexibility and mobility of the company to deal with these types of situations? You know, it's so amazing what we've been able to accomplish so far. And it just shows how much that necessity being, you know, the mother invention, because we had a, we had a company that 27,000 people around the world, 300, more than 300 offices or approximately 300 offices around the world, everybody working in an office. Yeah. And in just a couple of weeks, being able to get every single person, I a mean, huge call center operations, get everybody working from home around the world. I mean, just to be able to do that in a couple of weeks. If somebody come to me in December and said, why don't we have everybody work from home? I'd say, why would we do that A and B? There's no way. It'll take five years for us to be able to pull that off. And yet we did it in a couple of weeks. And now, of course, we think, well, do we need to have everybody in an office all the time? Are there other ways to do work that are you know, better for the employee and better for the company? Maybe there are. So we're looking at all sorts of things that we never, ever thought of before that we will think of going forward that can make the company better and can help uh, make the employees happier. And who knows, maybe it'll even be better in terms of how travel is done, too. Glenn, thanks very much for your time today. Stay safe. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Glenn Fogel, CEO and President of Booking Holdings. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.